but you know, I, I look at all the people who do this event. It's like, oh my gosh, these are the craziest, coolest women. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. ready to be inspired? We're so excited to share our Zoom conversation with Kate Coward. My admiration makes it hard to stop talking, but I will and let you get to know this wise, talented, and badass woman. Hey, it's Lynn. And hello, it's Jody, And we are here with the great Kate Coward from Minnesota. Um, we originally reached out to Kate for her feats um, in the outdoors. And the more research we did, we came uh-huh. to understand that this woman is just a badass in all aspects yeah. of life. Personally, professionally, endurance athlete, coach, businesswoman, mom, the list can go on and on. So I'm going to just let Kate tell us more about who she is, what she does, and what she does for fun. Yeah. Kate, thank you so much for being here. We're so honored to have such a dynamo in our presence. <laughs> Jody. this Seriously. is so cool. Yeah, really? Stop. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thanks for fangirls. I love to converse with people about, you know, the topic that you have at hand, um, getting people, um, particularly women outdoors more because it's a huge passion of mine. And, um, I, I just try to incorporate being outside into my whole life, but, um, I don't know where you want me to start. You, you very open-ended there on my, my background. (laughs) So you've done some crazy stuff, girl. What? So let's maybe most recently you just got back from uh, the Iditarod biking it. Yes. Yeah, I sure. So I, um, I recently came back from my, my second start at the Iditarod trailhead invitational, which is the human powered version of the, what most people would know as the Iditarod uh, dog sled race up in Alaska. Um, some of our races on the same trail, the historic Iditarod trail, as the dog sled race, um, the rest of it is not. This year was the 20th anniversary of the human-powered race, um, the, the human-powered official race, and uh, the there were you know a lot of restrictions because of COVID. So in, sure. in fact, instead of having the traditional route to Nome, which is a thousand miles, or the 350 to McGrath, it was just an out and back, um, which made it very different. There was a lot of navigation involved. Um, and I, I ended up not finishing, uh, which is, uh, now I can, I can still count how many times I haven't finished a race on one hand. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I don't finish okay. races all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> You're in good company. It's really hard for me. I was telling somebody at, uh, during the race about how, um, and, uh, when an athlete that I, I coach, um, and I were joking how the only way we wouldn't finish a race is if we're like bleeding out or we've got a bone protruding from our body. And I found the third reason, and that is, um, massive asthma attack. So I don't have <sighs> asthma. Um, I have never had an asthma attack and I got myself into a situation about 170 miles into the 360 ish mile race where I, I, I had shortness of breath, um, and it just got worse and worse. And I, I pushed on for 30 miles mm. up a mountain <laughs> just because I was thinking, you know, mind over matter I've yeah. got this, and I couldn't, there's no way I wasn't going to give up my all, but I got to the point where, um, I 
uh, I really didn't have a choice. I mean, it was, it was very scary. I had a, a, a few panic attacks in, in the course of this asthma event. Um, or, and, and that went on for about 24 hours and I finally had to, um, call it a, a week. So that was pretty mm-hmm. disappointing because I was the returning champion the year before was my rookie year. And I, um, was the, the women's bike champion, uh, in five days and eight hours. Yes. <laughs> it was a really yeah. long week. Um, <laughs> so I would just, yeah, you know, I, I would think after you do that, just call it a day, call it a life and say, I just biked because yeah. it's a biking a thousand miles. Well, so I was doing the short version, okay. um, which Still. was between 300 and 350 Jeez. miles. Um, and you can, you can bike ski or foot or foot it basically. I mean, you, people may run, but mostly they're walking or fast walking hiking. And, um, that, you know, when you're biking, you're hiking a lot. So last year, I think some of us believe we walked about a hundred miles, <laughs> you know, this wow. year there were moments where I was in up to my knees or, um, thighs and lifting my bike over, you know, heavy, heavy snow. So it's, um, I mean, you're in a really rugged area and there may not really be a trail broken in front of you, but yeah, I mean, it was, Last year was five days, eight hours, and I didn't sleep um, really until day four. Uh, I got maybe an hour on the third or fourth day and another hour um, and then crashed for six hours the second to last day. Um, So it's a a, sort of this um, whirlwind and um, week of a lot of torture from sleep deprivation and you're just hungry all the time, but you don't want to eat anything. And, um, and it was also like negative 50 last year, crazy winds and storms for days on end. Very different this year. It was bluebird still, um, at least where I was. Now there were people on the course, 50, hundred miles behind me that had a very different weather pattern. So you can have different experiences out there when you're so spread apart. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, you know, it's still an event where there's very few women out there and, um, those that are, are tough and I respect them so much. And they are, um, you know, you talk to them, you, you sit here and you're like, wow, Kate's such a badass. But you know, I, I look at all the people who do this event and it's like, oh my gosh, these are the craziest, coolest women. I wish we lived, we, you know, we were joking, some of us that we wish we all lived, you know, here here in the same towns, we could just hang out all the time. (laughs) You feel like sisters, like we understand each other and they all, everyone has their own stories and, um, just, you know, going out there knowing how scary it is to, to get out there for the first time. And, and, and some of these women have gone out there several times. Um, and some for the first time, it's just, um, it's really inspiring. It's really, it's really neat. So Kate, how did you decide to do this for the first time? Um, well, it's kind of on a, it was kind of on a whim. Like, you know, I, had, I, I knew about the race because some several of the racers from the Minnesota um, winter fat biking events that I have, I got into a few years ago, um, went out there. But to me, it was sort of like a, um, you know, one day I'll do that, but I'm, I'm not ready. I mean, in a way it was almost like I had this, um, imposter syndrome about it. Like, well, I'm not good enough yet. And that's a little bit scary for me. And I'm not really a scared kind of person, but I just, I don't know, wasn't really on my radar. I'd heard about it. And then last year, about six, 
six weeks or so before the race, um, my really good friend, Kari Gibbons said, you know, I'm going, getting ready for a Diderad. And I thought, wait a minute, you're doing a Diderad. And Kari and I had done, um, a 270 mile foot race together two years ago when I was eight weeks pregnant with my son. And, um, oh so we Lord. spent seven days on the trail together <laughs> wow. in Northern Minnesota, negative 30, um, uh, weather and, um, you know, very little sleep over those seven days. And we had just, and it was a life-changing, incredible experience for me. And so I knew Kari and she's super tough. And she told me she was doing a Diderod. So I thought, oh shoot, well, I want in because she's going up there. It'll be like a buddy, even though she's doing it on foot and I would do it on bike. So I got on the wait list. And then I think it was three weeks before the race went off. I got an email from the race director saying, hey, there's a spot if you went in. And it took me a week <laughs> to respond because um, the minute I got that email and it became a reality, I I had this really high blood pressure, anxiety, yeah, <laughs> you know, wave of anxiety come over me like, oh my gosh, this could, this is going to be real. And, um, talked to my husband and sort of reconciled in my head that if I said, yes, I was going to go all in. And I finally said yes. And then I was sitting there wow. on the starting line and, um, a few weeks later and then, um, and then things, just um, unraveled from there during the race. And it was a really incredible experience. Absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done because that year it was incredible weather between um, the like nine or 12 feet of fresh snow the week to the um, negative 50 and then maybe even negative 90 with wind chill because these crazy... um, uh, windstorms swept through. Um, it was a, some people said that it was maybe, um, one of the top two toughest weather years they had experienced on the trail. Um, and I do better, like the worse the conditions I do better. So if you make something tougher and I will thrive. (laughs) (laughs) And so it really spoke to me, but it was still the hardest thing I've ever done. So. Okay. That, and then the follow-up to that is like, did you grow up doing this kind of stuff? Not kind of not exactly. So my memories from childhood were, yeah, we played outside. We went camping a lot. So I had a lot of camping in my background. My parents got me into skiing, downhill skiing, um, alpine skiing. So I was outside all winter. And I went to summer camp where we'd do canoe trips and sleep in cabins. And I loved all of that. Um, But then, you know, I went to college and I, I, I was a division one athlete, um, in a kind of a summer sport. So I was rowing. Um, and after college, I, I started running marathons as a means of staying in shape. And I was living and working all over the world and all you need is sneakers and you can kind of go anywhere. So I got into that. Um, but it really wasn't until the last, um, five years in Minnesota that I started getting into the more extreme things and the ultra, um, sports. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> like my find, parents don't, yeah. You can find these things at any point in life is what you're saying. I mean, yeah. you, you grew up with some yeah. experience outdoors, but it really happened for you to find this place where you really excel and exceed insanely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
it, it wasn't something that you grew up doing. Um, not exactly. I mean, like I said, I was a really active kid. I was always in different sports. Um, but I've kind of been more of a, to be honest, I've been more of a follower than a pioneer when it comes to the sports and the outdoors. And so I'm, I've always looked at things and been inspired by other people like, Oh, like, like Kari, like, Oh, she's doing the race. So I went in on that race or the first time I did Arrowhead, which is a 135 mile race in Northern Minnesota in the coldest week of the year um, foot ski or bike, you know, I had a, I knew this guy who was doing it. I'm like, Oh, he's doing it. Well, I want to do it. I want in on that. So I'm, I'm kind of a, yeah, I'm a follower from that perspective, but like I go all in (laughs) when I do these things. um, Well, and I love because so, so Jody and I, the reason we started this podcast is kind of the same situation where we weren't really into the outdoors or camping, anything like that, but our husband's were and and are and we were kind of going along for the ride and we realized like wow this is really fun who knew that this existed and so we're trying to kind of use this podcast as an excuse or you know or a vehicle for spreading the word about these things and and um, giving especially women more exposure to all the things that are out there that you might not even know are out there Um, so what would your advice be for listeners, uh, how to access some of this stuff. If and maybe they're not going to, you know, bike a thousand miles, but uh, maybe it could be something more accessible. Um, we just love to know your thoughts and just how to get started. Sure. I mean, I, one thing I would say is there are a lot of resources out there for women in particular for women only trips. So for example, uh, I don't know, it was 13 or 14 years ago, I signed up for a women's ice climbing course up in Banff. And so I went to Calgary and it was called chicks with picks and it was, it was, um, these women mountain guides, um, you know, they had, uh, North face sponsorships and they, they had done crazy, you know, really cool backcountry guiding and it was an all women's group. And, and we had, there were different levels within the group, but we traversed across glaciers. We learned how to tie, um, uh, knots and, um, uh, uh, ice climb and, um, you know, get our self arrest if you're falling down a crevasse and all kinds of neat stuff that I probably will never need to know how to do any of that. But, um, it was a great bonding experience and it was a very, um, approachable and, um, inclusive way to, um, learn. I mean, I, I, I was pretty, you know, I already had a lot of the equipment and I kind of knew what I was doing to a point, but the point is, it was a very kind of safe place where you didn't have men there telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point is, it was a course. So hopefully there were no other know-it-alls. You know, you didn't feel out of yeah. place because mm-hmm. everybody was learning and they had something to, to um, share. So I would say that's one way um, is is to sign up for something and yeah. just go do something that you wouldn't do on your own. And I think too, what, what you just said about not, and it kind of gets back to what you said earlier about like the imposter syndrome. I think a lot of women have such, they get so, so hung up on, well, what if I'm not good at this? What if I look silly? What if I can't do it? Um, so I just love the fact, and, and quite honestly, I love the fact that the story that you told at the very beginning about how, okay, so this year you didn't finish the, the race. And I think that's okay. I think that's, I think it's great to hear those stories of, it doesn't always have to be a triumph. 
you know, you can try something and you put your all into it, but sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay. And it, what matters is getting up again and trying again, um, which I imagine you're probably going to, this, that wasn't going to be your last race, right? <laughs> no, it's not going to be my last race, but I do, um, it, that piece is really hard for me. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I went up there with the goal to win the overall between men and women, or, um, my second goal was to get top three and I was doing it, you know, up until the halfway mark. Um, essentially I was there with these two guys from Alaska and we were leading the pack and we were, um, breaking trail together. And, um, I felt great other than, then, you know, my lungs just kind of went, um, which is really, um, unfortunate. Um, but, uh, it is what it is. So, but I, yeah, so maybe, maybe I need some heavy therapy to work through it. <laughs> but, <laughs> we um, all do. No, it's, we all it's need not therapy. a big deal, but I do have a thing. Like I will, I've, I've, been, I've crawled before just to get to a finish line. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, it's just, it's just how I'm wired. I'm an achievement oriented person. And so, um, I don't, you know, know the world doesn't change whether I finish or not. My world doesn't change. It's, it's not a measure of my value or anything like that, but, um, it, it does, it does stick with me and <laughs> it is hard to, to work through, but, um, I took away, I had a lot of positive things, um, to walk away from this year's race with. I learned a ton and I see why people continue to go back to, and this is what compels me to, uh, do these adventures is you're always going to learn something like you can never master it. Every time you go out there, you're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to learn more about the trail. You're going to learn, um, you know, you're going to improve. That's like the work is never done. I'm always tinkering. I'm always trying something new. It's just this forever growth oriented process. And, um, and, and that's, what's fun about getting outside and having adventures is that there's, it's not like you're drawing a line from point A to point B. It's just, there's so much variability with weather, with terrain, with the people you're with, with equipment, with, you know, experiences. And, um, it can just be so satisfying in that alone. Um, yeah, that's part of what interests me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I just think, I mean, the first time I ran a half marathon, I got such bad chafing between my thighs that I was like, I'm never doing this ever again. (laughs) I say that every time though, Lynn, this is the thing is literally, and you'll talk to a bunch of um, ultra, a lot of ultra athletes have this, it's like the same dialogue when we, when we compare notes you're in it and you're like, I'm never doing this again. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like childbirth. This is awful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Oh, yeah. that's a really great analogy. That's exactly what it's like. You're in it and you're saying like, I'm, I'm never doing this again. Um, and you get to the end and like, okay, I've had it now. Mind you the whole time I like, I love doing it. Even when I say I'm never doing it again, I'm still thinking I get to be here. Aren't I yeah. so lucky? Mm-hmm. I have the health to be here. I have the means to be here. I chose to be here. So I'm still going to have a smile on my face, even if I'm miserable. <laughs> um, but then you get done and you're like, just like childbirth, you're like, all right, when's the next one? When are we yeah. doing this again? It wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. Right. You know, <laughs> um, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's very addicting. You know, it's just this, um, you, you get pushed to your limit. And I've finally in the last three years found my limits. And it, it, 
it was something that I had been, now I don't think that that's my full potential, but I reached my limits and it was nothing that I had ever experienced before. Um, you know, uh, running a marathon, fine. I'll walk to the end. I've got eight hours, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like finish, but these are, I've been in situations now where I physically can't finish. It's impossible to get there. And I really was searching for understanding the limits. And now it's just a matter of accessing or finding my full potential, which I definitely haven't reached yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I named my personal coaching business, um, full potential performance coaching, because I just feel like most people out there have no idea what their full potential is. They think they've met it. They think they have limits. They say, Oh, I wasn't born to run, or I don't know how to do this, or I can't, I don't have the body for it. And I think all of that is total BS. Um, most of us are, we're all kind of equals and I love doing these adventures because it's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter really your size, your gender, your age. It's, um, so much more than that. And, and, um, people have so much potential that they don't even know is inside of them. Yeah. Uh, I, think anybody. I, had, I think I had heard on a podcast that like we only maybe reach into like 30% of what we have to offer. And there's like this expansive realm that we yeah. just, because we only think we can go so far because our brain just tells us that. And yeah, yeah the second you have some success, like that's how you kind of push yourself and push yourself. But so can you coach people to reach so their right. full potential? I don't yeah, know. How do you do that? What's the trick? Can we, I, how do we sign up? <laughs> I'm trying, you know, so a year ago I had a couple of people reach out to me about, um, coaching them because I had had this long, this streak of about a year of success where I was, um, winning these ultra races, um, in biking and in skiing and setting course records. And, um, I had, sort of put myself on my own plan, just doing some research. I mean, you can't really, here's the thing. You can't go on the internet and be like, how to train for a five day, 350 mile race. You You can't really Google that. (laughs) No, you can say, like, you can, you can find out how to run a 5k, you know, a marathon, you know, stuff like that. And so I, but I, what I did was I did a bunch of research and sort of pulled these different concepts together from people who had done, um, either um, 24 hour or multi-day racing and applied it, applied this theory I had and it ended up working. And so I thought, Mm. well, sure, I can help some other people. And so I, I didn't exactly formalize the business yet, (laughs) but um, I will at some point, but I did take on, I had upwards of eight athletes in this last year. One of them is trying to be the first person to run hundred mile ultras in all 50 States. Um, uh, Another, um, that I will start working with next week, uh, wants to do the, um, silk mode, r- silk road mountain race in is it Kazakhstan. Wow, and, um, yeah. then also the thousand mile, to Nome. um, I had a handful of athletes all doing the, um, winter ultras and all men. <laughs> so, <Huh. laughs> that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All men. Um, and, um, but I have this one, like this one athlete, just in terms of, pot- of full potential, he, um, has never done a race had never done a race before he's, he's cycling. He signed up for the day across Minnesota, which is a 240 mile race from, um, Gary, South Dakota to Hager city, Wisconsin, um, all on gravel roads. And it's, it's a really tough race. Um, I did it last year. It was my first gravel race. Um, and, uh, I set the women's 
course record, I guess it's a different course every year, but, um, kind of the fastest time for the race. And, um, uh, so this, this guy reached out to me and I don't know how he found me, but, um, he's never done a race before. And I started working with him maybe six weeks ago or so. And he like, we don't have enough time for me to explain all his stats, but (laughs) he went from, he went from like, he's super eager and, and has the commitment, right? Like he, he just wants it. And he has so much potential because he's committed to the work that he's doing consistently on a daily basis. He's listening to the feedback that I'm giving him. And I've seen this huge exponential, um, improvement in his stats, meaning like his consistency on the bike his um, scores in terms of his um, FTP and his his output, so basically his power output, mm-hmm. has improved dramatically. Um, and so it's just exciting because, like, every couple of weeks we can touch base and I can kind of tweak and 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 manipulate his schedule. And I just see him making all these improvements. So he's getting really fired up about getting outside and doing all of the summer stuff to see what he can do. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's all science-based, so it's, you know, but I, I just think, um, like I said, I think everybody needs that encouragement Mm -hmm. to, of someone believing in them that they're capable of more. Like, so my kid is two and a half and we just started skiing. So he's been skiing and the first day out, you know, he was really scared and freaked out. Now he kind of is skiing on his own, (laughs) which is really scary in itself. But we were out there, um, his, either several runs into his first day or the second day. And he was saying, mommy, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and I, and I, and I, I got down really low and looked him in the eyes and I said, honey, we don't say I can't, we say, I think I can. And so now I've, I've said to him, you know, he said, mommy, I can't a couple of times to me in the last week. And I looked over at him and I said, buddy, what do we, what do we say instead of, I can't. And he looks at me out of the corner of his eye and he goes, I think I can. (laughs) And he gets really excited. (laughs) So, um, I, it's just really important to me that I teach him, you know, that saying I can't should be used in very few circumstances because we really all can, um, do a lot more than we, than we think. Yeah. That's something that I stand firmly on. (laughs) So good mom. No kidding. Feel that. I'm gonna steal it. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm usually yeah, I'm usually kids quit. Yeah, I just like, yeah, you're right, you're right, kid. You can't. Let's just let's go home now. Let's pack it in. It's cold. You're right. You can't do it. Let's go get some lunch. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know, because today we went to swimming and you know, uh, he, he can't swim. And last week he had his arms locked around my neck and his legs locked around my waist, you know, like, mommy, I can't, I, I don't want to, you know, he wouldn't let me go. And today, every time I turn around, the kid was launching himself, jumping into the pool. Like, oh, no, boy. like I wasn't there to catch him. And so I kept having to fish him out of the water and he was excited. Like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. I can, mom. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just I be careful I with can. me. I can. <laughs> oh, yeah, All right. beautiful. Well, we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, Kate is going to give us her top tip. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. 
Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. Okay. okay, so my top tip would be do not overlook strength training. It is really important whether you're an athlete or not. It does not matter. It's an extremely important thing as a human being, an aging person, because we're all dying. It's inevitable. And um, especially as a woman, just because of osteoporosis and and bone degeneration, but strength training is really, really important. It is not going to make you bulky. Don't worry about that, but find a professional who can teach you the right way to do it because it will really improve just your daily well-being, your um, strength with your sports, outdoors, your kids, sitting at your desk, whatever it is. Don't overlook it. A lot of women do. Yeah, I do. Oh, I, I don't know what my deal is. I can't, I just, I'd rather just go for a run, like put on a podcast yeah. and go, it's, but it's so important. And I just cannot force myself to get in the habit. It's hard to do on your own. So I would recommend finding somebody who specializes in strength training. Um, I work with um, Tyler McCarthy at Titanium Performance and um, I can't like I, I can't do it on my own. I'm not interested. I don't push myself yeah. the same way. But um, all it takes is 30 minutes once or twice a week. Really, um, that's it. And and some money because you got to pay somebody to help you do this. But um, and you know my my athletes that are my coach, I have them buy weight vests and just like a kettlebell. Like they don't have equipment mm-hmm. at home, and I give them like three exercises, right? And I just say 20 minutes focus time. Don't have the TV on. Just get in there, do it, send them a video with some exercises and have them do it. And even that can make all the difference in the world. Yep. Jody, I think you need to be my strength partner. Yep. Yeah. I was so good. (laughs) I was, I was good before the pandemic. I was in really great, like I did strength training three times a week. And then with not going to a gym, you know, it can get away from you really quickly. So it's such a good reminder. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, Kate, thank you so, so much for joining us. This has been just a lovely conversation. You're welcome. Yeah. I, you know, I love what you guys are doing because, um, and I, I just, I made, I, 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 um, I posted something on Instagram recently about, um, you know, putting other women under, you know, into the light and raising them up and, promote, you know, women promoting women is cool. And I I think I said something about how like, you know, the alpha female is out and promoting other women is now in vogue and very cool. And so be cool and raise other women into the light. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so I think what you're doing is really cool because it's, um, you know, putting other women in the light, it's inspiring women, it's for women. And um, it's just, it's really important because it makes us all stronger um, you know, pushing other women down does not make you stronger <laughs> and it nope. still happens out there, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, what you guys are doing is just really cool because, um, we're 
just putting that positivity out there. Right. So thank you for doing that. We got to stick together. That's right. And speaking of lifting people up, Kate, um, where can people find you? Oh, well, um, I primarily hang out on Instagram these days. Right. <laughs> um, it's sort of new. I got into Instagram about a year ago in terms of I changed my account to a public account. So they can find me at Kate underscore coward underscore athlete. So Kate, normal spelling, and then C-O-W-A-R-D. Um, you know, it's sort of ironic. <laughs> And then <laughs> athlete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that. that's where I mainly hang out. I'll get a website out there one day and then my Facebook is private. So um, that's the best way. All right. Awesome. We will check you out. We'll see you. Yeah. We'll see you out there on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you guys. Gals, women. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. This is awesome. Thanks, Kate. your outdoor hero. We want to meet them. Share your outdoor enthusiasts and evangelists with us at wedothisforfun.com.